You're listening to the She is Fierce radio show. She is Fierce connects women to each other and their dreams. You'll meet incredible women who all have one thing in common. They took a leap. They've got passion. They're on a mission. They're doing exciting and rewarding things. And they want to help you take your big leap. And now your host, She is Fierce founder, Kelly Youngs. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She Is Fierce, and I am so pleased to be here uh, for the third in our Silver Linings uh, series, which features women from all different walks of life, all different experiences, um, who are each going through what we are all going through right now, right? Our own uh, unique versions of dealing with social distancing, with a pandemic, with trying to figure out what to do with our businesses or our careers or our lives in this time. And we've had some awesome women on for interviews already. We have some incredible people coming up. And today is a really special treat. This is somebody I've been trying to get uh, to speak at one of our events for a really long time because she is um, so, I think, truly, uh, deeply inspirational and has some really unique stories that are um, both inspiring and also really powerful. So um, Jeanette, I'm so pleased and grateful that you are joining us today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I love this idea for this series. You are, once again, so smart, Kelly Youngs. <laughs> well, I love really, I, I appreciate that. And I, I'm, to be honest, I think that um, you probably heard me say this before, Jeanette, and I know people who are She Is Fierce members have heard this, but um, I think that one of the things that has stood out for me was She Is Fierce over the last, um, five years with our speakers is that we always get these women just like you who people look at and they think, oh, they've got everything together and everything's easy for them. And um, I can't do it the way they did it. And the truth is never as simple as it sounds, right? And so in this moment, I was really kind of thinking, you know, and I said this the other day on a radio show, <laughs> I am not a nurse. I am not a doctor. I cannot sew. I am practically useless in this moment. What can I do? And, you know, this is, I think, a great way for us to hopefully at least give people um, stories that they can relate to. And also with you, they get the extra bonus of actually getting free access to your incredible second book. So um, you're going to be extra lucky if you are watching this today. So um, for those of you who don't know who she is, I don't know who you are, but uh, we are talking today with Jeanette Johnson of Jay's Everyday Fashion. She is also now a two-time author and an entrepreneur, the owner of Wall Crawl in Orlando. So you have so much going on. Can I ask you just to give us a little bit of a, a update on who you are and what you do before we even get into how this has impacted you? Yeah, so I mean, I think it all comes into this moment because it's definitely been a very big lifestyle change for me and um, change in the role that I'm doing in the world and what my career is has changed a lot the last year. My husband and I opened Wall Crawl, as you mentioned, in downtown Orlando, and it opened in August. And the idea was that Joshua would be full-time on that business and that I would continue blogging. And that has not been the case. It has been uh, a tornado, as I like to describe it, that has just sort of taken over our lives. And um, I, for the most part, have been doing wall crawl full time. 
I was sort of trying to blog for a while up until December and I finally in January was like, I don't think I can keep doing this. So I'm still keeping in touch. Everyone on my blog obviously knows they've been kind of following, you know, the entrepreneurial journey. Obviously I shared my book on there when it came out and I have another really exciting project with HSN coming up. I was actually supposed to launch this week, but because of COVID, it'll be launching this summer still. So I'm still kind of in touch with that audience. I'm just not doing uh, fashion content like I used to, which I've been, it'll be 10 years next month since I started Jay's Everyday Fashion. So it's just been a huge readjustment, a very different job that I'm doing now with Wall Crawl. And yeah, so it's been um, lots of adjustments already before this happened. <laughs> So just to take everybody back just for a second. So you started as a fashion blogger, you built yeah. up a really big audience um, of people that follow you because you obviously everybody can see are fabulously fashionable, <laughs> but also you're able to put that together with items that are not crazy in price. Yes. Right? Which Super is budget friendly is my thing. Yes. So um, you were doing that. Then you stepped into being an author and wrote a yes. book. Yep. So you have your first book. And yep. then you and your husband, um, who also works with you, decided to start a brand new brick and mortar business, right? So you yes. have all of these different things going on, lots of different entrepreneurial experience. It takes completely different skill sets to do, um, there, you know, there's crossover, but definitely different skill sets for those. Very different, different skill sets. <laughs> <laughs> I feel and, like I'm getting a whole other education in entrepreneurship. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, I can't. I'm, I mean, I remember you telling me about this when you were, it was just an idea and you guys were kind of planning it and thinking this sounds incredible, but that is a huge project. So I just yes. so admire you um, for taking it on and bringing that to life. All right. So basically you're doing everything. You've got so much going on and so much, I mean, you, you said it so lightly, but a, an opportunity to um, collaborate with HSN, the home shopping network that is coming up. So a lot of really big things in the works. And then all of a sudden, everything shuts down <laughs> out <Yeah>. of nowhere, <laughs> which every single one of us who is here knows what that felt like for us, right? That moment where we were like, oh, this, this is changing my plans. Can you walk us through what happened for you and what that looked like? Yeah, so before this happened, life was going like a million miles an hour. Um, and I was somewhat aware of that, but I think before this happened, I felt like I was really powerless to stop it. And I realized that I was sort of viewing life and especially our new business as this rowboat. And I was just constantly bailing water out of it. Like I had to save the world and it was like all this pressure and I was sort of killing myself to do that. So the minute everything, I'll, I will never forget, um, I made sure to journal it because I was like, what is happening in the world? I found, figured out, found out what was going on. And of course the first emotion is panic because you're sort of like, I already felt like I was bailing out a rumble. And now you're telling me you're snatching the bucket from my hands and I have to just sit on the sidelines and just watch the boat sink. Like that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but Thankfully, before all of this happened, and there is a lot going on right now, and it does, it almost sounds, even when I read my own bio, it sounds insane, but I went on a really, really deep spiritual journey before all of this happened, where I took about six months of literally just spending like four to six hours a day on healing 
like the deep pain behind the pain instead of just managing my triggers. I had been experiencing a lot of anxiety and things. So I've been sort of practicing for this. And that's actually what I, when I took to my journal, like the next morning, I said, two roads stand before you, fear and faith. And you have been practicing for this. And now you get to put this knowledge to you. So what are you going to choose? This is your opportunity to think deeply about where you've been putting your faith, whether it's in businesses, in institutions, in governments, in your plans, in the future. Where are you going to put that now? Like, are you going to choose fear or are you going to choose faith? So interestingly, after that sort of initial freak out for about 24 hours, this has actually been a really amazing time of relaxation, a much needed break from the insanity of our lives. We have just sort of gone back to the things that we loved doing. We live on this beautiful lake and we hadn't even spent time back there in like a year because things have been so nuts. We've been back there every day. Obviously I got to do my writing project, which we'll talk about, which is something that was really gnawing on me, but I just felt like I didn't have time to do it. And I think really I, I've come away from this just realizing that I do have more control over my schedule than I realize we all do. We only have 24 hours a day. But that feeling of I'm being pulled behind the tiger and I have no control over what's happening in my life, I just, I think I was buying into that a lot before this. And I know I will struggle with this again because I have a really hard time saying no to things. <laughs> so Everybody struggles. Yeah. And especially with the new business, you want to say yes to everybody. But I realize now I'm like, the amount of things I've had said yes to, I don't know that that was really the right way to go. And I think it was actually hurting potentially our business instead of helping it. Cause if you've got a co-founder that's just completely exhausted, it's not really the best place to um, lead from, but it's, you know, so it's been a roller coaster like everyone else. And then of course I have moments whenever I go grocery shopping, I tear up the whole time and I just, you know, just, I don't even understand that emotion exactly, but I just sort of let it come and I try not to judge it. And I say, Hey, just let it pass feelings. And there's so many new things that are happening right now that I think all of us, no matter what, even if we've not had, even if you're working full time still and things are like good for you, cause we're over here. The metaphor I'm using is like our new business is sitting there like a fish gasping for oxygen. Like it's, it's really scary. Uh, both of us, this is what we've been doing full time. And it's, it's tough, but at the same time they're, you know, there are these moments of, of beauty to find for all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, you're talking about that in the context of having to stop and pause, mm -hmm. but I think that that's a theme that I have always heard from you. Right. And that <laughs> is kind of like, yes, you're in the struggle, but finding the beauty in yeah. wherever you are. And um, so you, you talked a little bit about this, but you said, you know, you had previously taken six months of trying to find the right mindset and find the right space. And I know, I mean, from the other people that we've talked to with the silver lining stories and just people I'm talking to, right? And I think that um, right now it seems like we're either in a panic mode, which is understandable, yes. or we are in a, a little bit of what you described going, well, there's bad things happening, but also look at this silver mm -hmm. lining um, that is, you know, the opportunity to pause, the opportunity to go to the lake or um, just get outside and actually take a breath or be with your children more, whatever that thing is. Um, you know, how does, how do you 
kind of embrace that in your own life while knowing that, okay, yes, there's still this, you know, craziness happening around me. Yeah. So my big thing is these, these days I'm even more intentional about it, but I wake up and I say to myself, what's within my control today? So my number one priority when I wake up, of course, is wall crawl. But I look at it and I say, well, there's nothing I can be doing actually to, to help that business right now. So I just put that away. One of my favorite quotes, I say it all the time. If you're friends with me in real life, you've probably heard me say it, is that stress is the gap between what is happening and what you think should be happening. Mm -hmm. So if you can have radical acceptance of what's going on around you, there's no reason to feel stressed. It doesn't mean that you're, it's not still affecting you and that you need to work hard to change things in any way that you possibly can. And there will be that time coming soon where things are ramping back up and it will be very busy and we'll be doing everything we can to sort of get our business back up and running. But in this moment, there's just nothing I can do and there's no use in arguing with reality. And so I just look at it and say, is there anything I can do today and the day I wake up and I can do something, I will. But I think, okay, well, what is within my control? I have other things I can be doing. For example, this writing project, which means a lot to me and has, I actually started and mostly finished it in 2018. Um, I can be working on that, for example, and, and other things. So finding ways to, you know, utilize your time in a, you could, there's still things you could be doing, right? That are valuable. So, yeah. okay. So I, I love, uh, and that was the perfect segue because I really <laughs> want you to tell us, I, I have known you, I think since before you started working on that project and I have yeah. seen you just periodically, we don't even live in the same town, but I've seen you grow into like this incredible, confident mm -hmm. author who is putting something out there and really believing that it can make a difference, right? So I already knew you were going to do that. And then um, I heard that you were publishing it for free online for a short period of time, right? Because it might come out again with a publisher and people will have to pay yeah. a lot of money for it. So <laughs> um, but you made a decision to share it in this moment. Can you talk about um, first, what the book is about, and then secondly, you know, how you decided to just go for it and share it. Yeah, I'll answer your last question first, and then hopefully we can talk about the book a little bit. But, you know, one of the biggest things I've been practicing is listening to my intuition. And I read a lot of books, and um, I've been practicing with little things. Because the thing about intuition is that a lot of times it means following a piece, a direction or a piece of advice that doesn't necessarily make logic sense. Like it doesn't really sound all that. You're kind of like, really? And honestly, just when this happened, I thought, man, I have all this time in front of me. And the idea popped into my head. I thought, what if I publish this online for free? You said the most perfect thing earlier is exactly how I was feeling of, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, but what can I do to help? And honestly, I said this in my blog post when I released it, it felt like maybe it's a little weird time to publish a book that's technically about beauty, but the words in this book, like I said, I kind of finished it in 2018 for the most part. They have been words that I've returned to for comfort and peace over and over again in the last year. I actually kind of wanted to wait a little while to get some distance on it and see, because it's such a 
it's a very deep book and it's it presents a basically a new paradigm of beauty that I've never seen anywhere before. And I wanted to see if it stuck, right? Like, can I live with this for a year and what is it gonna do in my life? And I can say confidently it has totally changed my point of view on so many things. And I just have been practicing with those words and they're so comforting that I thought, A, some people have more time on their hands right now, some don't. We're all much more receptive right now, I think, to the idea of being deep or kind of going deeper, because that's a very tough thing to do. Not everyone wants to go deep. Not everyone, you know, this book is for them right now in their lives. It needs to be the point in their life where they say, I want to take this journey. Um, but a lot of us are understandably so we're sort of being forced into going deep a little bit because there's so many emotions and our our faith is being shaken no matter how strong it is because this is just unprecedented so it was just a you know it popped into my head and i thought all right i'm gonna explore that so i got in touch with my agent my literary agent and she had been pitching it to publishers i would say we were you know halfway through that process it takes sometimes it takes a long time it's just been a few months that she's been doing that probably since September or so. And I just said, Hey, I got this idea. I want to release it for free. I still want to pursue a publishing deal at some point. So I am previously traditionally published, but it also feels kind of like with the economy, the way it is right now, a publishing deal is probably not the best thing that's going to happen necessarily. Maybe, I mean, some books are still getting published, but what if I release it and I get some feedback from people and I hear their thoughts and I we start, you know, start talking about it out in the community, and then we can kind of revisit this maybe at the end of the year to see what we think. So she was on board right away. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. But it is, I will say, it seems very, I don't know, kind of maybe an easy thing to do or like, oh, she's so confident. But you have to keep in mind that this is a book that we were about halfway through has been turned down by several publishers. So I'm taking something that by all purposes, no one has told me has any value <laughs> that is like a professional other than my agent. My agent's very um, supportive, but she's also my agent. So, you know, it's like having your mom tell you that you're pretty. You're like, okay, mom. Um, I, I really had to dig deep and be like, am I going to do this? Because I believe in it and I don't, you know, I think it has potential. And like I said, it's, it's really changed me. So it was a little bit of a, all right, I'm going to do this thing. Um, and yeah, so I think it, I had, it took me a little while to kind of finish it and release it. So it's been out for about three weeks. Yeah. Okay. So I want to say a couple of things based on what you just said. And that yeah. is, first of all, we, I think both know that and many everyone watching probably knows first of all that most amazing books always get turned down 55 times before they get picked up Thank you for saying that. yeah i mean you know it's true and then i think also i think you know because you and i both work in the online space a lot we also know that um gaining traction can be difficult no matter what your like you have a massive following right so um, even when you have an incredible following, you have people that are super dedicated, especially when you're doing something that's different, or especially when you are doing something, like you said, that is a little bit deeper and has more um, depth to it. It has more, um, I don't know what the right, I, I'm trying to think of a really fancy word for this, but essentially meaning behind what you're sharing. And, you know, you said maybe this is the right, and I think that's true of any book. Sometimes it's the right time 
um, when someone's in the right place. But I do feel like a book around beauty right now is really powerful. This is a moment when everybody is at home <laughs> and saying, I can't, I, so, you know, I saw Beyonce's gray hair on the Disney special and I thought, wow, you never thought that was going to happen, right? Yeah. And so I think everybody in whatever position we're in, we're all being forced to kind of look at, um, I have my, you know, fake uh, nails on and look at what we're doing and say, what does this mean to me? How important is it yeah. to me? how I present myself or, you know, how I feel about myself internally. And I would love for you to share a little bit of the message of your book, because I think it is so powerful. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. So one of the things that um, beauty means to me too, is also this idea of sort of achieving your worth, like work-wise. So that also plays into what's going on right now, because our identities in a lot of ways have been stripped from us, whether that's our fake nails and our gray hair, but it's also, you know, for me personally right now, it's like the absence of a job and like that whole role. Yeah, identity. Pause, right? Yeah. Like identity on all levels. And part of the reason for that is that this book explores, um, it basically presents a, par a new paradigm for beauty. I had this moment where I was sort of an aha moment that I described in, in the beginning, the introduction, where I was like frustrated and I was like, I wish I could just make women sign a contract with me that we would just stop judging each other and we would just love ourselves and everything. And I was like, huh, maybe I should write a contract that women sign together. And as I thought this over for the next few months, I had this realization that we already have a beauty contract. So the book presents this idea that we have a beauty contract. Most of us were born into it. It's signed upon our entrance into the world and we don't really get much say in it. And we really struggle to question it because we think this is something so big and powerful. I could never change it. I can't change, you know, beauty in the world. And it agrees with you. You probably can't change beauty in the world, at least in this lifetime, as dramatically as we would all like. But beauty is a lens and it's a paradigm and you get to choose which, which thing you're following. So it presents this idea of what I call the new contract, which is actually the absence of being under a contract at all. So it's your emancipation from being under the beauty contract. And if that even sounds familiar, like, oh, I can see having a beauty contract, it's because each of us instinctively know what's in our beauty contract. We know what our jeans should fit like and what color our hair should be and whether it should be straight or curly, all depending upon how we were raised. But we're all aware that if we follow it, we'll get praise and, and adoration and if we don't, there will be things like criticism and being left out. We risk becoming a target because of how we look if we don't follow those things. And this idea of like, can we really choose differently for ourselves? Because it really feels, it feels like a really hefty thing. But as I dove in, I realized it's actually the easiest thing you could possibly do because our beauty contract asks us to try until we can't try anymore. It asks us to control how our eyebrows look and the color of our hair and what our clothes are. It asks us to achieve things and it wants our personal success and it wants us to earn it. And this, the new beauty contract, it basically says to you, you cannot earn your beauty. You are already born with it in the form of your soul and that you are already radiant and that if you can view things in this, in this new way, you can choose for yourself to just live differently even if the world around you doesn't get on board with the new beauty contract, it's incredibly powerful to kind of come from this vastly different place. 
Um, I feel like I'm like doing a terrible job. <laughs> no, you're doing a wonderful job. Question. And I, I absolutely love it because I think that, you know, of course you are, and I, I, I bow down to you with your style and your fashion. I, in my own mind, am good at that, but really I wear the same outfits all the time. You always look <laughs> great. No, well, I'm not saying that, but it's probably because I've worn it 55 times already. That's okay. I just Exactly. Thank you. Yes. I think that, um, I think that, you know, it applies to what you're saying. It applies to what you're wearing. It applies to how we take care of ourselves. But as you're kind of alluding to, I think it also applies to the identity that we have. So what are we attaching to ourselves from a, uh, biz like, oh, my business is my identity. Yes. My career is my identity. My style is my identity. Right. right. And so um, I think especially in a moment like this, when there's so much, um, being put on us that we don't necessarily think about ourselves in a certain way. And I know many people are struggling saying, well, I don't usually look like this, or I don't usually have to do this type of work, or people don't usually think of me in this way, and yet I'm forced. And I think that you are kind of framing it a little differently. You're not forced to do something, you're making a choice, right? Exactly, and that it really is the easiest thing in the world once you sort of figure out the paradigm shift because it's a simple letting go. It's putting down all that pressure and that weight and just letting go. Whereas the old contract is asking you to try, 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 control things, be a million things, you know, collect love and belonging from around you like an obsessed hoarder. And the new contract is saying like, you already have all the love and belonging you could ever want. There's a, a line in there that says it engulfs you like an ocean. All you need to do is let go and float. And that's the idea. So but we, you know, we touched on earlier that it does feel like a hard thing to ask people to do. And in some ways it feels like it because you're sort of retraining your brain. But ultimately I'm here to tell you, it really is a laying down of things. And it's so much easier to live this way with the way that it, um, with the way that it lays things out. And I don't think that I invented an old contract and a new contract. It says that in the beginning that this is something that has been around since the beginning of time. And I think you will instinctively recognize it when you see it, because as I was studying this concept and reading books and watching TED Talks, I noticed that there are a few key women who seem to instinctively already be following a new contract. And they were often women who had survived cancer, uh, women who were 98 years old, like my, one of my favorite people in the world, Iris Apfel. Um, little kids, they totally get it. They're dancing yeah. around, you know, they don't care. And I realized there are some people that already seem to be following these other rules and no one has ever said them to them, but they just are living this other life. And so really that my challenge was to try to describe something that feels like it already exists, but how do you, how do you describe it? And one of the most important ways is by looking at what are we using as our defenses for beauty already and sort of unpacking that. So for me, the most powerful one was this idea of inner beauty. I grew up in a Christian household and it was all about, it's not what on the outside that counts, it's what's on the inside that counts. And if anyone like me has ever struggled to develop patience or has lost their temper, knows that inner beauty and measuring someone's worth by how they're performing on the fruits of the spirit scale is just as damaging, it's just as hard, and it's just as easy to get caught up in. And so it, that's why the, the new contract, it says, inner beauty is not all that it's cracked up to be. This is an, a new idea called soul beauty, which I'll let you read about. I won't get into too much because the other ones, the other, a couple other ones that are mentioned, um, 
self-love is huge mm -hmm. right now. And I think the new contract has more in common with self-love than it doesn't. But there's this little, little distinction where self-love says you're empty, so you should yeah. fill yourself with love. But if you're already empty, where is that love supposed to come from? And it just puts the pressure right back on your shoulders again to again do something and perform something fix yourself. and make yourself, yeah, fix yourself and make yourself feel better. When I think that that pressure was never meant to put, be put on your shoulders ever. And then the third one is beauty celibacy, which is often uh, minimalism or it can be religion based. And that requires just as much controlling and thinking about your outer appearance as anything else. It's, it's basically, a really strong reaction to the world saying you you have to you know decorate yourself a certain way and you're sort of reacting on the other end of the spectrum which unfortunately like i said just requires you to think about your outer appearance i i read a memoir of a woman who tried to to basically do beauty celibacy like nothing like she didn't even shave her, shave her armpits for like a year and the torture this woman went through i'm like how is this any better than following the old contract rules of like, you must look a certain way. I was like, her life sounds not at all better. It sounds even worse. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. It's just another obsession with, with outer appearance. So those are kind of some of the big ones, but obviously it goes into to detail. And, and I think partly why this book um, is, maybe publishers are a little bit scratching their heads is it's written in a really unique way. And I think it's a way that will resonate with women because I don't think we have super long um, attention spans. And I know I just sort of started to really get into this idea of listening to kind of like meditations or peaceful, encouraging mantras. And it's written after it introduces the concept. It's 30 very short affirmations that there's a title to it. And it, the point is it's literally like, a, like maybe two pages long of affirming you on that positive aspect, on that attribute that has to do with the new contract. Mm -hmm. And they sort of build upon each other. And by the end, hopefully you've kind of gotten a, a snapshot of what it looks like to choose the new contract, but it's also totally up to the reader to go into, on that journey and, you know, do the work, if you will, do the work of letting go. <laughs> Which is hard. I think that it is. It is very hard. You have to be ready. I say you have to be ready. You have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when you get to that point, you'll be ready. And before that, that's okay too. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So, um, oh my gosh, I, I have downloaded the book. I cannot wait to read it. I'm super excited about it. I hope that every single person who is watching this right now yes. or watching this later, because I know we have tons of people that watch um, afterwards as well, um, will go and download. I know it's available at jayseverydayfashion.com. Is yeah, it'll link you over. It has its own website. So it's thebeautycontract.com. And yeah, feel free to share it with your friends and your family. I think the more we grow the beautiful family, the, the better chances we have of getting it in print someday. And I think it'll, you know, hopefully bless the people and encourage them, whoever downloads it, that downloads it. That is the goal. So yeah. And on, I mean, I have no doubt you will get it in print. And I think that um, your words and your perspective are so perfect for where we are right now and being able to, you know, I think sometimes take ourselves out of the panic of the moment and think about using whatever time we have, if we do have more time or even if we feel overwhelmed right now with all the pressures, using the time that we are kind of stuck in our homes 
to, um, to think about things differently and to think about, okay, when I come out of this, it's a weird pause that we didn't expect. How do I want to approach yeah. my life and myself differently? And that's really powerful. So before we say goodbye, Jeanette, will you share, you know, what are your words of wisdom that you have for women who are listening who may be struggling right now? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that popped into my head, well, the words I shared earlier. So stress is the gap between what's happening and what you think should be happening. And that a line that popped into my head once when I was in a yoga class was that your resistance is the only thing causing you pain. And this was before COVID. <laughs> um, if you can work towards radical acceptance, you will do yourself so much so much peace and comfort and joy. Uh, it's not always easy to do. I get that, but as much as you can work towards it. And I would also just encourage women to listen to your intuition. Everybody can hear it and clearing away the noise as much as possible. And this is, it's, it's an odd time right now because in some ways it's more noisy than ever, but it also is a chance for just a lot of stillness and a lot of quiet. If we can push it all away, you will find some really incredible things. You already know what to do. You just got to listen to that voice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Go and download her book at thebeautycontract.com and we will all enjoy it together. Thank Yay! you so much, Jenna. It's been such a pleasure. I can't wait to see you again very soon in person. Bye.